about our guests today, and and they look excited too. I'm seeing some stuff we don't normally see going on, <laughs> and that's and we'll explain that in just a minute. But just before we get that, Roger, um, you were yeah. in Huntsville um, this weekend. I'm going to give you the screen. Talk to us. Yeah, I was in Huntsville uh, to to be physically there, but we want to share with you today that. Um, uh, there's a there's wow. a restaurant mm-hmm. owned by Adventus, um, local community restaurant that suffered because we did not have an in-person activity there this weekend. It wasn't just this weekend. They've been having problems all year long because of COVID. And so um, our good friends, some of our, our creatives and, and, and friends that we have met online uh, this year, they are planning a live-a-thon tomorrow yes. between 6 and 10 um, at Mango's Restaurant on their on their Facebook page. You can uh, come on and uh, support them either through Cash App or through the GoFundMe page. They're in need of some funding so they can stay open and be a, a help to the community. So you want to be a part of that on tomorrow. So I just wanted to give out a shout out to those creatives who have made this opportunity available for that that local establishment, supporting their local establishment. Awesome. That's exciting to see. We're glad to see the community kind of stepping up um, to help because there's a lot of people in a lot of interesting situations that they never would have imagined them to be in at this time. And that's kind of a little bit a great segue for what's on the table today. Um, Oh, we got who's on the table today. I done went and pushed the wrong button. Got him in too soon, but we're glad to have him. Here we go. <laughs> like hey, J- J- JD was praying. He was praying. He was praying. He wasn't ready. He was praying. That's why. <laughs> well, listen, let me, let, me, let me just tell you what's Lord. on the No, who? No, I'm going to tell you what's on the table. <laughs> okay, tell us what's on the table, Doc. On the table, listen, this has been a rocky year. It's been a rocky year. Um, start out with great big plans, but then what? COVID-19 happened, and what did we do? Some panicked, some ran away, some hid, but guess what? Some people emerged. That's right. And so today, we're dealing with emerging ministries in COVID-19. All right, all right. Sounds good. So, uh, Dr. Wade, Pastor Wade, who do we have? This is a, a mute question now because they see him all there. Was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I wanted the dramatic intro, but okay, go ahead, Doc. <laughs> who listen, do we listen, have listen. up there? When we looked at the, the, the table, everybody who's online is killing it, killing it. But we uh, we can only get those who are available <laughs> to be with us. We are just so excited to have with us. He was with us before, but uh, on a different topic. But we said to him, we need you to come back and share. You know him as the the coordinator, director, the pastor of the Quarantine Revival. I think you're on on the fourth version of that now. I I don't know, but but we'll hear more about that later. We are just so excited to have Pastor James Doggett Jr. back with us at the table. All right, all right, all right. And then when we had our our social influences, uh, these two pastors, their name popped up. They kept coming up. They were the ones that everyone was saying, you need to check them out. And so today, we are just so glad to have with us our colleagues from North Carolina. They they have an online show that's just 
eating up the airwaves. Uh, North Carolina online worship. Let's welcome Pastor Kagia Scott and Pastor Austin Humphrey. All right, all right. Listen, we are so excited to have you gentlemen with us. Um, we saw Pastor Scott and Pastor Humphreys at Pelk. Um, they were part of the hosting crew through the whole time. We were very endeared to your ministry as you led us through the Pelk experience this year. But we've also seen you on the Academy podcast. We've also seen you uh, in that uh, in the in the now uh, piece. And we're going to give you guys a little chance to explain that or talk to us a little bit about that coming up. But before we do that, now we talked about this pre-stream. We gave you guys little brief introductions, but now we're going to let you kind of speak for yourselves. Now, we normally give preachers about, uh, let me, let me, we normally give our guest about 30.89 seconds, somewhere in there to just give a little mm -hmm. shout out, whatever. but we know that y'all are preachers and, and they were fussing about who was going to take all the time. So I'm going to cut it. I'm going to give y'all cause I know what we do. We speak in prophetic time. <laughs> we, we are people of the book, people of prophecy. So we're going to give you 15.9 seconds and we're just going to go left to right. We're going to start with James, uh, and just go right across James. The time is yours. Go. Wow, I'm glad that I'm able to go first. I was really looking forward to Pastor Kagia Scott's sermon that he was about to preach. But I'm excited to be here with you all. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation, James Dog and June. I'm here, y'all, in Florida. I pastor Deerfield Beach and Riviera Beach. And I'm just excited to be on the Pastors Roundtable. Such an influential, influential platform. I love you guys and what you're doing. So, yeah, kudos to you and thanks for having me. All right. He did a good job, Kagia. He, he left some time on the table for you, Doc. <laughs> That's, time. That's all for him. <laughs> but, hey, listen, listen. I want to thank God first, who is the head of my life. <laughs> Let me take some notes. Let me take some notes. Go ahead, preach. I want to I praise God for the pretty lady who has my back. Oh, I want to thank Jesus, not just for the pretty lady, but for my three children that are all at Oakland University and beyond. I want to thank God for my partner who's right next to me. Oh, I want to thank God for these three brothers who are listening right there behind, behind me. Listen, you guys yeah. are, I'm telling you, I watch y'all, man. Listen, a lot of the stuff that y'all do, like we've been copying, I'm telling you. All right. So thank you for bringing us on here. And like, we're still scoping y'all out now. You brought us behind the scenes. Oh, we got some more ideas. And so I praise oh, yeah. God for, for him. God, my wife, my oh, shout out to my mama. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You can't oh forget God. mama now. You can't forget mama. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Austin, you have no time left. I'm sorry. He took all I got no time left. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, guys, I'm happy to be here. Pastor Austin Humphreys, I pastor, I'm the co-pastor of the North Carolina Online Worship, and I'm excited to be here, man. Hey, wow. All right. <laughs> I, I think Kagan's going to have a good time today. We're going to have a good time today. <laughs> I'm excited about this. All right. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. So so let's set this thing up. Uh, Pastor Wade already kind of set us up, um, as well as Dr. Henry talking about, you know, what's on the table today. We're, we're looking at this whole brand new world that we've all been experiencing for the last eight, nine months. And it has thrust ministry into a very unfamiliar and foreign mm -hmm. place and out of it we've seen some stuff happen that I think many of us were a little surprised that that some of these things could happen
happen. Some of it we were hoping and wishing could have happened beforehand. And some of it, it was like a forced hand that we were forced to do some of the things that we were trying to do before. But let's jump in. I don't have my questions in front of me, gentlemen. Who's got that first question? And let's just let's just take this dive. It's supposed to be you, but uh, we can jump in. We can jump in. Listen, guys, uh, let's let's pray and then get jump into it. Father, we thank you for what we're about to experience is my prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. What Amen. has been the biggest adjustment and surprise you have encountered in ministry since COVID-19 hit? Um, All right, JD, since hey. it took you longer than two seconds to start, I'll jump in. <laughs> I, I was trying to wait for JD. I did. I, died. Well, I gave I you two seconds. You, right ahead, I was waiting right for you. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so for real, I love I love being at church. Like I was born to be a pastor. I love hugging and, and, and speaking to everybody. I love preaching and looking at individuals in their face. I run down the aisle while I'm preaching. And so so the whole atmosphere of church is what I love. But here we are. And right now I'm looking like at a computer and at a camera. Mm -hmm. And so there's a there's a there's a huge difference and something you had to get used to is like how do I like bring the same energy like like, how do I bring that to an atmosphere where I'm in a room by myself? Like, if I'm used to feeding off of people, if I'm used to feeding off of the spirit, after the choir oh. sings and you could just, it's just thick in the room with Holy Spirit, it's something different. But how can I go from that to speaking to a, a camera, like, and still bring the same energy? And that's been something that I haven't had to work on. That's been a, a definite difference between then and now. And um, but it, it behooves me. It's my job. I got to do it. Like if I. Yeah. I Just like you love your first church. You got to When you move, you got to love your second church, too. Like this is my third church. Right. This is my third district. And I got to love my third district just as much as I love my first district. And as much as I love my second district, I got to work just as hard. And whatever it is I got to do, I got to come with the same juice that I come when I'm in the, in the church with the choir behind me. If there's anybody in the audience out there today who has any doubt about Pastor Scott's ability to bring the juice and to bring that enthusiasm yeah. in the online yeah. space, yeah. I need you to go no set question. up a session with Dr. Henry and his wife for a counseling session because yeah. that brother is lit already right here yeah. in this space. Anybody else want to take a stab at that? Well, yeah, I think for me, I think it's been it's two things for me. I think one of the things that's been surprising, of course, is the length of time that we've been here. I don't think we ever thought we'd be here. You know, it's going to be, you know, almost thinking to ourselves going to be a year, you know, in March that we, we, we may be in the same space. I think that that's one thing that's surprising. I think the other thing, too, for me is the adjustment that our saints have been patient with us. Oh, wow. I definitely got to shout a lot of our members who have who have been online, who have, you know, not really had major complaints. We know how much especially our older saints who are willing to, to type in the different Zoom numbers every time they get on certain things and, and log in and they embrace it. So I want to shout out our members from across the country that have just appreciated the fact they appreciate what we're doing they see what we're doing even though they miss church they've learned to adapt but also the biggest adjustment i think for all of us we've gone from just being pastors and mastering that craft to now becoming tech heads yeah. you know the latest gear now i'm asking guys what what lens do you use yeah. you know I'm, I, I used to ask guys what's your commentary what's you know where where you get your suits from where you get your shirt where your tie from now i'm like yo where'd you get your camera from where you know what what kind of screen do you have and so i think the beauty of just the growth overall it's been great to experience the fact that all of us have kind of made the shift um, to to move into the tech space, and I think that's been dope. Awesome, awesome, uh, absolutely. JD, can I jump in? So, so yeah, so 
you both mentioned great, great points. Uh, Pastor Scott, that was great. Pastor Humphreys, that was great. For me, most recently, a challenge has been shifting into the virtual space. You have to be concise. You can't have what all of what you would do inside of the building online. It just doesn't right. work. Everybody, of course, wants their time, you know, on in the spotlight, on the stage, in the program. So it's been uh, challenging to make sure that I'm still engaging everyone um, who typically is engaged in church. I'm talking about platform participation, but having to try to keep them engaged while still dialing down and back the time um, and spotlight because you have to be concise. Um, I was looking at something yeah. recently that suggested that 75 minutes is like the cutoff point when it comes to virtual online presentations, <laughs> wow. especially during church, um, millennials in particular. That. that is an hour and 15 minutes. So if we start at that's 11 a.m., that means we need to be done by 1215. And if that's the case, I have two churches, y'all. So if we're doing collaborative ministry. The, I guess mm -hmm. one of the challenges that I've been facing and trying to work with is making sure that my leaders are still engaged. They are still apart while at the same time streamlining everything, cutting out stuff that we're used to doing, um, putting in stuff that we're, we're not used to doing, talking about sharing and things like that. You know, so making the adjustment there as it relates to programming, streamlining that thing and still trying to keep people engaged without giving brother so and so and sister so and so the hour and 15 minutes that they typically have to say whatever they need to say on a sabbath morning wow right well, let, me, let me ask a question let me jump in here um interesting so we talk about some adjustments but let me ask you has your preaching adjusted to this what adjustments have you made in your preaching i'll answer that first hey i'll answer that first he's I'll, meddling I'll he's meddling Hey, I think I think that all of our preaching has probably gotten better. Uh, I think that we've become more concise. I think that we've had to we've had to preach like we preach without being fit, without getting the feeding from the audience. As G mm. kind of mentioned, as preachers, we all have we all love when we got the dope point that we kind of share the ending, the conclusion. We, we feed off the crowd, and we've had to learn to pivot. And we hear it so much in preaching class. You got to preach the same whether there's a thousand people in the audience yeah. or if it's just one person. And now it's just you and your wife is on the couch <laughs> listening to you. You know what I'm saying? So, but I do think in terms right. of preaching, I'll speak to these guys. I've heard these guys multiple times online. We've all preached for each other. But I think that there's been some growth in the sense that we can still bring fire, we can still bring a freshness, even though we get no, we get we only get virtual amens. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you know, you don't have any time to drink your water because usually if you preach in live when everybody going crazy for whatever reason, they're going crazy. Then you can drink your water. Right. But water now, now you just now you just you just thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I love how Pastor Humphrey said, you know, all of our sermons are just better. You know, he's just, you know, go ahead and pat yourself on the back, Pastor Humphrey. You've been doing a great job. Yeah, you no. can preach. I, I, I was I, I was gonna say you first, but I wanted to keep you humble. <laughs> well, thank you for keeping me humble. I agree though, um, as it relates to just being concise with your presentation, all the extra stuff, man. You can't waste time. I'm thinking specifically as it relates to the presentation of the word. I'm looking at the way I normally introduce a sermon. I, like I, had, I reduced that introduction. Like you got to hit it fast. Um, you got to engage them and hook them quickly as opposed to all the, you know, the sophistry of word, the preliminary stuff you would typically say, no, nah, you don't want to give people time to go and surf the Internet and start searching elsewhere. You got to jump and hit that thing right as quickly as you can. So that's been one, you know, specific 
change in uh, the presentation of the word that I noticed. Hey, and so Dr. Listen. Henry, can I, can I say this too? I think that Pastor Doggett forced us, and when I say us, a lot of preachers, to jump into the virtual space when he did that QR revival and invited all of us to come into the space. If you all remember, it was something new. It was, fresh. It was hot. Every, I mean, we were yeah. getting, what, four, 300 views a night. I mean, it was higher than that even as it, as it grew. But it was the nervousness. But all of us had to make the shift quickly who had the opportunity. So mm -hmm. I really give a shout out to the QR revival. I don't want to big up JD too much. But I do think that that forcing us into that space allowed us to, you know what, let's watch. Let's watch how other guys did it. Let's see how we can kind of maneuver. And I think that's the kind of model that's been going forward. I, I have to be honest with you. That QR revival was one of those uh, shows that allowed, forced you to th rethink how to do a revival. Because yeah. that was yeah. something we yeah. didn't, you know, we weren't going to do it online. But all of a sudden, like, wait a minute. If he could do it, maybe I could do it. But listen, guys, listen, now you talked about you talked about changing in your sermons. But has your, has your prep time for even your presentation changed? I would say yes. Let me jump in first. And this is why. Because beforehand, I was not nearly as thoughtful about the visuals. I'm talking about now, mm. you know, since we're in the oh. virtual space, it's not just about talking. I can't just tell my tech guy, hey, my point is this and this. No, I'm having to engage now, like, visuals more so than ever. Um, and that definitely takes more time because, for me at least, with my platform, not only am I you know, having to choose what visuals to use and design them and put them together, but I'm also uploading them and also putting them up and taking them down when needed. So yeah, that has been definitely something that has extended <laughs> the, the needed preparation time as, as compared to before. You know, okay. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead, doc. Yeah. I've never, I've never been able to, to concentrate on, on visuals. Like even when I was in a church, like I give my my AV team all the pictures and you, if you get to them, you get to them. I'm not paying attention because I'm preaching. So I'm not manuscript. So I can't pay attention to anything else. So I'm not looking at the screen to make sure they're on. So I, so now, like I can't use visuals anymore. So and, I, and I've tried. I'm, I'm not sitting here. I can't sit down either and preach. So I have another station that I preach from where I'm standing up. I'm still sweating like crazy. I'm I mean, it's still, you know. It's, I try to do it the same as I would do it in church, except I'm missing the visuals. I really don't have anybody, you know, throwing up all the pictures behind me because we hadn't perfected things like the pastor's round table. Like once we get everything perfected, I'll be able to use some more visuals. All right. So, yeah, I'm watching y'all. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think and, and to shoot to shoot Kiki a little bell here. I think that, you know, we we've tried different things, but I do think and Jenny will appreciate this, too. We're not just putting the sermon together. We're putting the intro video together. We're we're we're, yeah. we're cutting we're cutting the, the the song. Make sure it's right. We're making sure the audio is tight. We have the graphics we got to put up. We're making sure you know everything is syncing. We use all the three of us use Streamyard, and I think that as they've updated, we've updated. So I think you not only have to get your sermon done, but for the most part, everything else has to be in sync. The good part of that, me and Kagia, uh, that that we have as we co-pastor together, we're able to help each other in terms of when, when one person is preaching. The other person is manning what's going on, on the screen, putting up graphics if we need to, especially for G if he has anything he wants me to put up. So I, I think that that's 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 the beauty of what we're doing. We're just it's 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 all new, but it's all we're pushing a brand. It's the gospel, but we're branding our ministries in a way we want we want stuff to be tight and in sync. You know, you know, during this season, um, 
I don't know about you, but I feel like we are collaborating more than ever before. I mean, yeah. <laughs> fellow preachers calling them up. I'm like, hey, Pastor Paul, Pastor Wade, you know, look, we have a guy who's also working with us too. What camera am I supposed to get? What get? I mean, we're just collaborating more, more ideas, more. I, I think this just has really brought us together uh, so that we know that we're not here by ourselves. I think that was just a powerful thing that came up as we um, we were entering this COVID-19 scene. But but this QR revival, you gotta you gotta unpackage that a little bit. Uh, Jay, where, where'd you come up with that? What, I mean, quarantine, I mean, that's just creative. I mean, how'd you come up with this quarantine revival? What impact is it making in the community? Well, so to take you to the beginning, like the inception of this thing, I remember trying to figure out you know, what is next? Because I knew that this pandemic was shifting everything. And I had just become the pastor of my two churches here in Riviera Beach and Deerfield Beach. So I was in the middle of transition, trying to figure things out, trying to pull two churches together that weren't tip, that weren't before me coming. They weren't a district. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, how can we engage the churches? But then at the same time, you know, what is the response to social distancing and sheltering in place and, and quarantining? Like, I remember hearing my wife, she pulled me to the side and said, hey, babe, did you hear about? And she pointed to, what was that dude's name? DJ Nice. He on Instagram, I don't know if y'all remember this, but he on Instagram yeah. went all yeah. night doing what he would do in a club, but just online. And every yeah. the world was rocking with him. Uh, Michelle Obama, like ev like how everyone was was in there. And she said, man, this dude blew up overnight. And she said, I remember it. And I can give my wife credit. I'm gonna go ahead and just give the credit. She said, babe, I see you doing something like this with ministry. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. really? Wow. And then I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then she also, man, I'm telling you, wife, man, she she she's gifted. She came to me and said, hey, have you heard of the quarantine con is what it was called. Um, it's a right. conference that was also on Instagram, the quarantine con. And these three guys, they told you know the world how they, in a short text message conversation, came up with this idea and decided to just go for it. So when I saw those two illustrations, I said, man, um, I feel the need to do something. So I called up some of my boys. I called up some of my people, say, hey, can you preach on this night? I want to do a revival online. And everyone got back to me fast. And they say, yes. So everyone threw a flyer together, you know, put it out there and then kind of learned. I don't know if you remember, but we started with just I was using my laptop and we were using Zoom. So yeah. Zoom. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, we were using Zoom. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to figure out how to stream to Zoom. And one thing that I don't know, I'm just kind of a relentless optimist. So I just think I can do it now. Like I don't need to, right. to go and get a Ph.D. in this. Yo, how can you do it? Tell me, okay, sounds good. Let me go for it. And if I trip and fall, I trip and fall, I'll learn. So I remember going through the first one using Zoom. We then uh, heard from Richard Martin. Richard Martin one night, our Zoom was not working. I don't know if y'all remember, but Zoom would not sometimes connect to Facebook. And we were late. It was after seven o'clock when we were supposed to start. Right. And Richard said, hey, man, I got a StreamYard account. Um, let me sign in um, and I'll run it for you. So he ran it that night. I said, StreamYard is amazing. So wow. we made the shift. So in essence, these amazing men and women of God pretty much say yes to an invitation to join a team to just go out there and preach and help people. Because I also noticed during the beginning, especially of this pandemic, people were depressed. They were full of anxiety, especially because we didn't know what COVID-19 was, how would it would affect our families, our churches. 
And man, I was like, yo, we got to inspire the world. We have to do our part to help encourage and empower people. So that's kind of like the motivation behind it, the purpose behind it. And the people I called initially were people who I just knew I could get a quick response from. And we almost immediately, <laughs> right after they said yes, went in, did it, made adjustments along the way. And it's grown now to be you know, a platform that reaches people around the world, London, uh, Virgin Islands, Australia, people from Poland were, were watching every night. So yeah, it, that, wow. that is wow. kind of how it started. That's phenomenal. Hey, that, hey, well, hey I mean, Dr. Paul, I don't, want, I don't want him to be too modest here, but I want us to look at the magnitude of what he, the reach that Dr. Dog had. It's, he's over a thousand people were over a thousand. Yeah. Some had 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. I mean, when you go back and look at quarantine stuff, I mean, you're looking at major views with something that had never been done before. And I mm -hmm. think that just speaks to the fact that for anybody who's watching out there, what, what he's saying is that he just decided to do it. It wasn't no committee or staff. The Lord <laughs> laid it on him and he just was like, let's do it. And I think that sometimes people think that, you know, when we you look at the final part of quarantine now and it's amazing, but I for, JD, I forgot, we started off with Zoom, we were doing that joint and it's Zoom, just it's become something <laughs> just incredible, man. So shout out to James for sure, man. So I want to I want to be clear. So th this was not the conference committee coming and asking you to run a um, online revival and you were going to get evangelism dollars and money th th that didn't happen. G is laughing over there because he knows me, man. G is laughing because he knows me. The answer to that is absolutely not. I didn't ask. For, I didn't get a board vote from my churches. Neither did I get uh, a thumbs up from my conference officials. No, I didn't ask anyone's permission to do what I feel God is calling all of us to do. And that is to spread his light and love in whatever method and uh, way we can do it. I'll say this. I've always adopted this idea that, you know, conservative in theology, but liberal in methodology. Man, if we can try something, try it. Again, I didn't ask any permission, anyone for permission. We just kind of did it. And I think that also get, had certain benefits to it because we can just make adjustments along the way, man, without having to call a committee and go through red tape and, and have to, you know, wait. We were just kind of, you know, it's, it's ready, go, set. <laughs> we went and then we were trying yeah. to make adjustments along the way. So it sounds like this was your version, a personal version of getting up, getting out of your house and going and knocking on your neighbor's door. Boom. Yes. Yes. I felt like it was virtual evangelism yeah. legitimately, especially. And this is what I was most blown away with. When we began, the question was, how can we engage the people? Like engagement was very, very important. And I always felt like going to get a message is cool. But my question is, what are you giving? Um, and the first QR, QR1, we've done three thus far and just did a one week virtual revival. That was just for my churches. Um, but the first one, we offered an opportunity for people to give to those who are struggling in financial crisis. I don't know if you remember, but at the beginning of the pandemic, people were losing jobs. People were, were frustrated because they didn't know where their next paycheck was going to come from, how they're going to put food on the table. And there was a lot of anxiety, especially in the realm of financial insecurity. So we said, yo, if you guys want to give, give. Man, I was blown away. The people of God gave in that first revival over $10,000 to help wow. people. Wow. Yet who were struggling wow. and 100% of, of the money went to that. Again, I think one of the big pieces to this as it relates to success and y'all jump in and stop me because I just keep talking about this because I love it. But but one of the I big will. pieces of success. 
Yes, please do, G. I know you go jump in whenever you need to. Um, it was it was <laughs> earlier, Dr. Henry. Uh, you mentioned collaboration. I feel the bi a big reason why the QR was and has been successful is because it wasn't me. Like if it was me, I think I have a certain reach. But man, when you're pulling together Austin Humphreys and Kagia Scott, okay, yeah, Austin Humphreys saying yes. Yeah. My reach is very small, right? But when you, no, no, no. But when, you, when you collaborate, honestly, when you collaborate and we were able to bring in all these people, they're bringing their folk with them. So now you've yeah. broadened your influence. And again, you're giving them a visual of, yo, this is not competition. This is coll collaboration. And it was something that I think inspired and encouraged people all over the place to see. And that's another thing. We had older preachers. We had younger preachers. We yeah. tried to keep it broad. We had female mm. preachers coming. Like we were doing our part as it relates to emphasizing the fact that, yo, this is a season. If ever, if ever we needed to collaborate before, this is the time wow. to do it. And I really attribute that honestly to uh, the huge success that we've been able to experience thus far. It's not, it's, it's everyone. It's everyone who decided to, to show up and to help Absolutely. out. Absolutely. One of the things that we got, one of the things we got from JD, what we got from JD when we we started a cash app, um, but we weren't getting much coming in. Like we wanted to, we got a cash app. We pay the preachers to come in. We pay the musicians we bring in. You know, so we needed some money to work with. We got our churches to agree to a certain amount of money a month to contribute, but we wanted some extra coming in. We did a cash app, and we didn't get much trickling in. But after JD did the crew our revival and showed us the way, like whenever we had like a particular thing that we could tell them, listen, like we're raising money for the boys and girls club. We're raising money for a family right. that's in need. Whenever we had something like that, then people contributed. People were wow. on it. Like, and so when you give them something specific, like this is where your money is going. And we learned that from the QR revival. If people know where their money is going a hundred percent, Oh, they're with yeah. it. Like if they think it's going to get if, if some of the money is going one place and some of the money is going another place and they don't know where the rest of the money is going, then it trickles in. But if they know where it's going, um, J.D. set the record straight when he showed us, listen, there is a, a, a mother who is about to have a baby. She's single. This is these are her needs. Yep. There is a person who had a house fire. These are their needs. If you give all the money is going to this person and the people, man, the people jumped on that. Yeah, I, I I'm thinking there, there's one thing I want to say about this, and and that is this. And JD, I don't know if you if you, you probably don't know this, but I met you the first time I ever met you. You came up to right above my knee. Um, I remember I was at Oakwood when your father came to teach at Oakwood University, and you were just a tiny little bald head fella running around, you know, from, from behind your dad. And yeah. and I'm looking at what this season has done. And, and pe people don't know this, but I, I want the audience to know. So I've been pastoring now for 20 plus years. I had no reservation to pick up my phone just this week um, and call J.D. and say, J.D., I'm working on an evangelistic meeting and I need to bounce some ideas off of you. Listen, it's that that's the thing that I had no reservation. I know he's however many years, my my junior, et cetera, et cetera. But what this thing has done, it has shown us gifting that God has placed in different people in different generations. And you're no respecter of that. God is God is not a respecter of where he places his gifting. And, and older yeah. pastors and older members need to be able to look to some of the younger ones. Younger ones need to not be shy and scared 
scared just because somebody's older that they don't have some still something to contribute. That's one of these mm-hmm. things that I think that 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 this this context has given us. It's you cannot be that pride that we might have had before when none of us mm-hmm. know nothing about something. You mm-hmm. better go ask. Got to find somebody oh, to go God. ask and get some yeah. get some get some input there. Awesome yes, stuff. Let's let's uh, let's go ahead and make a little transition here. Um, I'm looking here. So, Pastor Scott, Pastor Humphreys, um, what is the Academy Podcast, and how did you end up collaborating with each other? How did you guys link get linked up with that? What was the motivation behind it? And what do you think the impact of it has been up to this point? And we want to talk about the the now and tell us what the now is as well. So, let me ask you for both of those things: What is the Academy Podcast, and what is now? Let you go first. Well, let me tell you how we started. I can tell you how we started. All right. So he lives down the street from me. And um, so we've already preached in other, each other's churches. We already been down um, doing things together. But um, so when this COVID first happened, our first week off, um, he told me he had a Zoom. And I was like, well, let, can my churches come in? And so my churches joined his churches in a Zoom call. And he was preaching on the 23rd Psalms. Now, I just yep. read the book. Not the book of the Bible. I would just read a book on the 23rd Psalm. So I was geeked. So I kept interrupting him while he was preaching to give my little two cents. And we kind of preached that thing together. And so the next week we were like, let's let's do it again. And um, and when we decided that, at the same time, we knew that the people needed more than something once a week. And so we came together, we said, What are we gonna do Wednesday? We're gonna do, we're gonna always bring in a guest, call it Wednesday in the Word. What are we gonna when are we gonna do Sabbath school? Let's do it on Friday night. Well, what about some kind of Bible study? Well, let's do a prayer line and we'll do that on Monday. And so the prayer line in the in the in the um and the Sabbath school will have it open so everybody can get in. But on Sabbath and Wednesday, they'll just watch and we'll do everything. And so uh let's do something else. Well, how about let's do a podcast where we go and interview people, and that's how we decided like on everything we were gonna do. And so the podcast, the Wednesday, the Sabbath, the Friday and the Monday was like all decided, like right there on one phone call. And um, we just got rolling and we started with our laptops, with our cams that was on our laptops. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like J.D. Yeah. said, ready, ready, start, go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so um, and, and, and Austin can fill in like like kind of how it how it flourished after you know, that. But it was a decision. I- I, I just think that for us, you know, and how he said it happens, like, yo, you want to do this? He was like, yeah, let's do it. That was it. G brings the energy, but he's also like, let's let's do it. Let's try it. Um, I, I want to say this for people who are watching in terms of co- collaborating in ministries. You can't collaborate with everybody. you got to collaborate with somebody that that the, it's no ego in the space. If G told me it's a bad idea, I trust him explicitly. OK, we ain't going to do it. If I tell him we'll laugh about it. Boom. It's, it's no hurt feelings. And we were able to work together and we meshed even before. So it just kind of worked. We, we, you know, not collaborating just online was critical, though, because we want our churches to feel like they're involved. So it gives them community. We do Monday night. We just added a Tuesday night Bible study. Wednesday in the Word, we took a break on Thursday. And then Friday, we do Sabbath school and all four churches come together. So we all have this one vision. They're all collaborating, working together. And when we come online, it's just, you know, we've been working all week long. It's not just what people see on the screen. I also think that with collaborating, we're able to bring fresh ideas to the table, also giving each other a break, not having to preach every week. And also, you know, with the podcast, you know, podcast is the Academy podcast, a curriculum for growth. Basically, we wanted to talk to all of our heroes in different different fields. Start off in ministry. Our first our first uh, podcast is with Pastor James Doggett, senior. 
um, who who just kind of blew it up, man. We we were we were on our laptops. I was in my wife's school our office in our in our in our home. We didn't have some of the background stuff we have now. And just over time, we evolved. And I want to say this to somebody who's watching: you don't have to buy everything right away in your space. Just right. get just just all you need is some good sound and some lighting, and over time, just build. And that's what happened. We started building. We created this Wednesday in the Word thing. I think that was the first fly that we put out for Now Worship, that, that Wednesday in the Word. We had preachers from all over, and we really had adopted the idea from what, what James had been doing, where Wednesday night we would kind of just come on and highlight other speakers to, to be a part. And so over time, it just became something to, to the point where we, it's evolved so much, we have to keep this going. So we're already looking at plans for next year, what we're going to do with it, how we can evolve. And we're not afraid to say, you know what, let's try it, let's do it. But collaborative ministry works when you got people who are willing to come to the table with no ego to push the gospel forward. Go ahead, G. And I think it, I think it, it has a lot to do with finding your niche as well. So like when you look at Austin and G, like he's Austin and I'm G. Like we are apples and oranges. And so I'm the best G, right? Like, and he's the best Austin. I can't do what he does. He can't do what I do. So we're not stepping on each other's toes. And so, right. and, and, and and instead of mixing it up, you know, like if you go to a new church, you know, you're a young pastor, all the elders take turns pe preaching, no matter how good they preach. Like one of them can't preach at all. One of them preaches real good, but they preach the same amount because that's what they do. Right. So, so um, with Austin, he like, listen, man, look, you do what you do best and I do what I do best. We don't have to like share equally. You know, I do what I do and you do what you do. Wow. And that's the way it fits. Like that, that's perfect for us. I got a niche. I fit in my niche. And look, when my niche is over, I sit back and be quiet because uh, Austin runs the show. Wow. Wow. Can, can I jump in real quick? Because I got to highlight these two individuals, because one of the things I've learned from you guys, because you all talk about the quarantine revival and taking things from that. You all went above and beyond, especially when it came to trying stuff. Do you all remember when you all came out with the, the 2K tournament? I'm like, yo, right, these guys, right. you're not, they're not just wow. engaging adults, but they were being innovative enough to try to engage young right. people as well. Um, what Let me say something that JD doesn't know. know. Let me say something you don't know. So I was right. riding my bike, all right? Oh, I'm out getting my, about get my ride in, right? <laughs> so, so I call Austin, I call Austin because I was having – I'm ADD. My mind is always somewhere. So I was thinking about some argument when I was having with some imaginary person. And I called JD with this idea. I said, JD, we need to do a, a, a online tournament, right? And uh, with, with, he was, no, he called with, the, with he 2K, called man, we need to do 2K. And then, and then, oh yeah, I called Austin. And Austin was like, look, we need to do this before JD thinks about it. <laughs> Look, hey, he, wow. said, he, hey. said, he said, this idea is so fire. We need to do it before JD comes up with it. And so before I got home, before I got off my home, before I got to the crib, the flyer was already out on Facebook. Hey, look, hey, yeah. hey, look, Doc, we had stuff that said details coming soon. We had no details. I was just so afraid that JD, in the back of his mind, would think of it first. So I said, we've got to put this out immediately. And, and, and folks jumped on it. We got people from all over the country. We did a Biggest yeah. Loser Challenge where we gave $200 yep. to a, 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 a female winner and a male winner. We've done Health Now. I mean, we've created a brand. But, but listen, those ideas... We, we wanted to be a network where people said, I can get fed in multiple areas, not just getting right. the word, but I can be fed with my health, 
my kids can play 2K and enjoy that. And we, we, we're we going to do it again. I'm sure we're going to find new things to do. But, but yeah, we, we're trying to find new ways to just to engage people. That That is a story. I was afraid that JD would get in a, get a call from the Lord and I, and I wouldn't jump on it first. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, Can funny. I tell you that these guys also, I'm, I, you know, you brought us on here. So, look, we're just kind of vibing with each other. The reason why I love these guys, too, and this is to you, Pastor Wade, Pastor Paul, Pastor Henry, um, is because I know after doing, what, 70-plus nights of online revivals with the first three, I'm also doing some other stuff with school and things of that nature. I remember I was just burnt out. And I don't know if this is going to be a segue or not into another topic as it relates to just collaboration, some of the benefits. But I was burnt out, man. And I remember um, G and Austin saying, yo, J.D., we got you. Um, wow. Don't jump on Wednesday night. Send your people wow. um, to our Wednesday in the Word. And guess what I was able to do? I was able to just chill. And this is why, because I knew these guys were going to take care of business. And they jump on there. And what they've done, they just covered me, man. They say, yo, all of my QR folk, we, of course, they welcome now worship. All of my QR folk, we want you to know that your pastor loves you, man. He's going through some stuff right now, but he gives his, he gives his love, and we're here for you. And like it was, they were we were a pastoral team, wow. although we're not pastoring yeah. the same church. We literally yeah. became a pastoral team to where we covered it just today. These two today. gentlemen were the, they were killing it at Pelk. They were hosting wow. Pelk all week, so they're tired, yeah. they're drained. So guess what, G. Austin, I got you. Wednesday, we got this revival going on. Send your people over here. We got Saturday, today. Hey, all of my now worship people, Pastor Scott, Pastor Humphreys, they love you. And they also gave me some information about their churches. So we were able to pray for a family that lost one of their sons to gun violence. Like we are church. Mm -hmm. We are like a legitimate collaborative church, yeah. even though we're in two different conferences, two different states. Um, the idea of collaboration has been so beneficial in so many different ways. And I appreciate these guys in particular for being able to to just lean on a man when I need some help. They've been there. Yeah. Wow. That that is just so special. And I, I want to I want to piggy go go back to something, uh, Pastor Scott, you mentioned earlier. When I asked about the collaboration, you said that um austin was your neighbor or he is on this live down the street or something is that that is that literal like you're in the same city? yeah we, we live seven minutes apart and you're pastoring Ooh. two that you were assigned to do to two different churches two different districts, districts. So our two districts different. are neighboring districts right okay so okay so you got four churches is that what you're saying scott yes but, but even though you're in the same city and in the same town you are collaborating in that same space i'm, I'm i right. want to bring that out is because some folk will say well it's one thing for you to collaborate with jd because he's not your what's the word i'm thinking of i want to see if anybody he's not your yeah he's not your competition yeah. so in yeah. other words nobody's going to get up if if we were in real space nobody's going to get up from jd's church and move their membership over here or over there so there's a lot of pastors and a lot of church members, church boards, who would never, this idea would never be an option for them because they would be too afraid that somehow by them getting to see this pastor and hear his sermons are much different than this one. And I want to go. And so that concept would be such a 
taboo and foreign. We're not touching that. What helped you guys get over that? Con- or, 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 or did that enter your mind? Did, that, did you hear any of that from your members in that? What was that like? Can I, no, can I, I hadn't can heard I anything this, this like guy? that. Where you go? Go. go ahead, Doc. Go ahead. Go no, go first. Go first. Go first. Well, we've already been in each other's churches. I mean, they already know he preaches way better than me. Like, so, so, and I hug better than him. So, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. Whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, they and- already know we're known, com- we're known commodities in each other's churches. I've been doing a seminar in his church. Um, he's preached at my churches. So, we're already teamed up on so many different things. It's a no-brainer. It's that I'm not a foreigner coming in. I'm Pastor Scott. I'm I'm like you know Uncle G coming to the house, right? So right. yeah, yeah. Uncle G is crazy, but I don't want him to be my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to answer your question uh, in a in a more civilized way, I, I do want to say, I think it's important to know. We have a relationship on the court and off the court, if you will. Okay. Um, okay. So our wives are close. We know it. That's why I said you can't do this with anybody. I, I don't just put it out there. There's, there's just some people you're not going to be able to mesh with. We just mesh together well, and our churches is a, is a level of respect. But now, you know, because we've done it for so long, they know that when they see him, it's a part of it. And we still have our separate identities. We still do regular board meetings. We still work separately with our churches. We still have finance. We still do different things. We take care of business. But at the end of the day, I think what people have, our members have learned to love is a collaboration with other churches coming together. So it was never a sense of, oh, man, what do we do if we get a baptism? I'm like, yo, praise the Lord. Like, it doesn't really. And if a person in the city collaborates and wants to be a part, you have you have four options of a place to go to when this thing is over, you know, and we're we're still, we're trying to figure out now, if we go back, how are we going to collaborate still? How are we going to make it work? So I just think that, and now even with JD, when JD doesn't show up, you know, for for Wednesday in the Word, my members almost always ask me, where was Pastor JD? Because he, he, even though he's in Florida, my folk in North Carolina, they identify him. And I just, I don't want to shout out just just us. We got to give a shout out to Recharge Worship, Kyle, Meshach, and Janelle, worship. because they do Absolutely. the same. Everything Absolutely. that we're doing, they're doing the same exact thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's the way to think I'm mute. Most, most of, sorry about that. Most of our, most of our listeners are laymen. They, they sit in the pew. They're the ones that, you know, give us the energy, make it happen. There are two things that's in, emerging in the chat, but I want to ask this question. Um, one of our uh, one of our members asked, one of our viewers asked this question about collaboration. We could collaborate with each other as pastors, but but what would you what would you share with our, our laymen who are listening about collaboration with with the leadership? You know, wow. um, how would you? Uh, some of them are like trying to figure out how do they fit into maybe even this virtual space. What what are some of the things y'all have done to collaborate? with some of your members. What have you done to make that happen? Go ahead, G. You got it, Austin. So I was gonna say, well, that's one of the reasons why why we decided to collaborate without just the online presence, not just the online presence. I think collaborating our churches with us together to do, we have a schedule, Monday, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, off Thursday, Friday, but that allows for them to partner together, to talk, to work together, to where that runs without me and G being on being there a lot of times. Now we, we, we can be there, we can do it, but they set it up themselves. So the four churches collaborate together. There's a schedule, elders talk to each other. It's really, it, it's a really well-oiled machine. Now, 
Is there things that we have to perfect? Absolutely. I think there's always something we have to kind of work on to perfect. But we didn't shy away from, no, we know we need you to get involved for this to work. If we're going to collaborate, it don't make sense to me be doing Sabbath school over here, this church doing it here, the other church figuring out. No, let's all come together and work it out. So I think inclu including them is important. But also, I think one thing, and JD did a perfect job of it, I think, this week. JD did a revival for his churches. I know they'll talk about it a little bit more later, but getting them on screen now. Finding ways to 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 get their input to share, we, we you know we 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 highlight, we speak about them more. So I think that for those who want to have the FaceTime and, and want to be a part, they reach out, and I think we're open to it. For sure. And I can't I I can't do everything. I, we we interviewed Eric Thomas, um, and he was talking about some of the things that his church was doing, and I was thinking I would love, I, like I would love to do some more of that, but I'm tired. Like I would love that, and so we had a board meeting. And I, I had a couple ideas that I threw out there, but I was like, somebody got to do this. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going around. I'm not doing all the legwork. I'll show up. And my church stepped up. And so members of my church took on the stuff and put it together. And I showed up like I'll show up at mm -hmm. stuff, but I can't do everything. And so they we have to collaborate with the membership or we're very limited in what we're going to mm -hmm. be able to do. Now, it, there's a multiple effect of working with Austin. All right. So so it's not just addition like it's we do twice as much or four times as much as we could do alone. Wow. But still, when you add the elders in there, then that you can you can multiply some more. And so we wow. still would be limited as a pair if we didn't use our elders like so. So they work like like I said, I don't they go work. to all the Sabbath schools. I don't go to all the prayer um, lines, but it goes on and I don't run them. That's yeah. the key. That's the key. Yeah. Trust your people. Yeah. For anybody watching, trust your people, but equip them with it. This is how which, teach your folk how to use the platforms. Equip them on how to do it, and it's going. It's, it's, it, it'll benefit you. I promise. Can I can I jump in real quick? Because uh, I think what you all are saying is so valid. But let me just say this too: that not everybody, not all members or lay people can do what Pastor G and Pastor Humphreys are doing. So we should not relegate ourselves to only being successful if we're able to host a show and put on and do what the pastors are doing. One of the things I'm suggesting and finding out more and more about is, is the disciple Andrew. My dad talked about in the revival this week, the idea that there has to be somebody who's not on the stage, but rubbing shoulders with the people who don't mind not being the quote unquote leader and still being, being uh, at peace and knowing that you are being just as much a tool in the hands of God as the person up preaching. So, and the, the illustration is this, biblically speaking, how did Andrew know that the little boy had that specific amount of fish and those the specific amount of loaves? He had to have had a conversation with him before the need even came up. He was probably, he was a disciple. Again, he's, that's, that's Peter's brother, by the way. Peter's the one we always hear about, Peter, James, and John. Well, Andrew was also there, but we're not hearing about Andrew because Andrew did not need the limelight. Andrew did not need to do what Peter and them were doing. But you know what Andrew was good at? He was good at knowing the people, and he was good at having conversations with the people. And my suggestion as it relates to being engaged is your engagement does not have to be the mirrored replication of what these guys are doing on a week-to-week -week basis with their faces in the camera. There's so much ministry that goes on 
behind the scenes. And it's a needed ministry that, you know, we have to highlight and celebrate, especially with the fact that you got older members who don't have family who are around them. But you can pick up your phone and call them and say, how you doing, Sister Smith? We're just thinking about you and praying and let Sister Smith talk to you for three hours. Guess what? That's a powerful ministry. Yeah. So yeah. the idea of encouraging and trusting your yes, trust them with with Zoom platforms, trust them with technology, give them space and opportunity to try, learn, fail, whatever. Give them give them space, but also empower them, encourage them that you're what you're doing, even though we're not seeing it on the screen, is so vitally important. And we need yeah. Andrews in the kingdom of God. Mm, Let me just say awesome. before we transition real quick for those, but I want to be more clear for those who may consider collaborating like me and Jerry doing off like off the screen. Our elders come together, all four churches. They put a schedule together. They collaborate. So there's no burnout between any of the churches. They schedule all of the prayer lines. They schedule all of the Sabbath schools. And that way it's a healthy rotation of seeing not only different teachers, but you're getting different inputs. And that way that schedule helps out in such a way where all, all we all we need to do is know is who's going to do what. People get on. Our clerks work together. It's a beautiful thing that happens. But it's when, when I'm telling you, when you give your people the OK, when they feel like they're being a part, there's no burnout and it's only good collaboration. Uh, I'm so sorry. Listen, that collaborative piece. Let me just say this real quick. G. I'm trying to get it out. If I go over to G's house because I'm family. Right. I'll see G walk around in his drawers and a T-shirt just because we, we family like that. That's just how he is. He's comfortable around me because we're family. This is something right. I've learned, y'all, about collaboration. One of the benefits is yeah. when you got guests coming to your house, you're going to put your clothes on. You're going to make yeah. sure everything is nice and neat. And it's funny. I'm going to throw this out there real quick. I'm just going to be transparent with y'all. So I had the first drive-in service at my first church, Riviera Beach, this Saturday, right? I've been doing drive-in worship over at Deerfield Beach for like the last two months. But y'all know what's funny? This week, I go up there. I see my head elder and my tech guy cutting wood and lumber and building stages and backdrops. I said, oh, y'all trying to outdo the other church in our district. You trying to get them jealous, aren't you? I, no, I pointed out, they laughed about it, but it's a true statement. And I don't know how to say it without just saying it. It's a benefit because when you're collaborating with other ministries, when I know now worship is tuning in, you know we're going to put our best foot forward. When you know that you're, you have an international audience now, that's true. people that are tuning in, yo, People, people start acting right, and it wow. forces you to step up. And collaboration, I've, I've, that's one of the benefits of collaboration that I've seen on my, um, in my district on, you know, down here, is that, yo, when it comes to Sabbath school, guess what? My teachers are on. They, they're making sure that they come prepped and ready because they know the other church is listening. And every, <laughs> yep. it, 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 it's not competition, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's the team yeah. aspect. Yeah, the team yeah. aspect. If I want to help the team, I'm going to do my best. If it's just me, you know, it is what it is. But I'm not going to let my teammates down, so I'm going to do my best. And that's been very helpful for us. So, this is not, you know, people who watch, they, they, they probably don't know this, but I'm going to spill some beans that I might get kicked for later. We, we, we kind of, we think through these, these, these pastors roundtables things, and we send out questions, and, and we kind of flesh our way through them. Um, here's one that was not on there. Um, so when you collaborate um, in those spaces, is there a mindset? So, so let me, and JD knows this because JD pastors in the same county that I count, that I pastor in where I'm at. Right. 
Um, JD knows because we've had this conversation. There are 56 something Adventist churches in this area, 12,700 something members among mm-hmm. those, those churches between two different conferences. And we comprise 0.6% of the total population. And so what, what we've been talking for a little while about in collaboration is, is not so much on programming, but on how do we reach the 2 million people that are in the space that we are called to minister in? Um, How can we leverage the gifts and the resources and the skills of our people to take that 0.6% and move it to a place that makes more sense as far as us having a presence here? how easy is that? How difficult is that? Um, are, are you thinking about pushing your members towards collaborating, not just for a virtual program and for spaces, but is there a, how do you create a mindset that, that moves members towards, we're not just getting together to do a program for us, by us, et cetera, but how do we move that towards that larger missional concept? Oh. G. I've been talking a lot, so I'll let y'all talk, yeah, and then I I'll think, jump in. And I'm not sure, maybe because I ain't been pastoring but 11 to 12 years, but really I've found that I know there's a rumor that the people don't like to be out there, but I've found that when we're doing stuff for the community, that the people get more excited, especially especially mm-hmm. when it's brand new. And it's kind of it's kind of my job because they get excited when you first start doing something. So it's kind of my job to give them different things to do in the community. And when I give them different things to do in the community, the excitement level can stay where it needs to be. Now, if it's the same thing, if we go into the same nursing home for 25 years, then it dies down. But if we do different things in the community, I see I see that their level of excitement and engagement kind of stays up and. And when we team up with another church to do something in the community, yeah. the level of engagement, excitement even goes up to another level. And so if, if, if we're helping out with a marathon, if we're if we're going out having a barbecue over here, if we're doing something and we invite other Adventist churches in the community or even other churches in the community, it's even more excitement. And, and I have not seen lackadaisicalness when it comes to doing community work, especially when we collaborate with other churches. Let me let me sneak let me sneak peek a little bit about what we're doing here because out of all that we're doing now, and G hit it on the nail right there. I, I'm still doing a Bible study at one of my smaller church uh, in Washington, North Carolina. You know, in the evening. So after I go online, we do a drive-in just Bible study. I have a screen outside, TV screen. I'm doing a study just so that they can have a sense of some kind of community. We just purchased a a large. 20 20 foot screen that one of my members who volunteered to not only buy it but build it they're going to build it we're going to do stuff in the community with that screen we're going to get a licensing from the county to be able to not only stream not only stream christian movies but allow us to do some virtual training with that screen outdoors to do certain things we're going to bring in professionals and the only way we can do that is by me watch this collaborating with people in my neighborhood People who listen, you, we all, all of us have pastored churches, have been around churches where you pass in a, you pass in a city where you got thirteen churches on your block. So when you see all these different, I, I don't, I don't need to master the food bank because you got a massive food bank that I can send my people, I can send folk that that way. But I know what I, what I'm bringing to the table, what we're going to be bringing 
it's new, it's fresh, it's relevant, but also it's also saying, you know what? We have to be missional. So with that screen, it's not just going to be to stream, you know, uh, my sermons, even though that, that that's a great thing or stream quarantine or, or screen stream Scott. We've got to figure out a way with this screen. How do we make this just just major in the community? What does the community need? How, does, do we do some type of training on Zoom where you pull up in, in your cars, your laptop? And we walk you through Zoom on this big 20 foot screen. Do we walk you how to start, you know, manage PowerPoint? I mean, how? because one of the biggest things that we have to realize, especially as young president, I'm learning, is that uh, in the virtual space, it's all good, but life for people still going on. Yeah, there's still mm, struggles. We still have to meet the need. We can't be so virtual minded that we still miss mm. the community at wow. the end. So listen, listen. At the end of the day, I, I believe this: going into the home to deliver a Bible study and to invite your church, that's dead. That's just that's I ain't going to your home at all. It's dead. COVID, get out. I'm, it's dead. But it's going to be much easier to send you to a Zoom link, get you to be a part, and then say, "Hey, listen, we're doing something with a drive-in. It's not just to be a service. We're going to be doing a, we're going to be doing something intentional for the community. We're going to be having a movie night for your kids, and 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 the next time we're going to be doing some type of streaming that's going to do some training to bless you to help you in your work. So we have to we have to think mission and vision minded, not just virtual. That's cool, but also for our community. Awesome, yeah. awesome. All right, we're going to take a pivot right here. Um, this, well, listen, listen. Yeah, before we pivot, before we pivot, yeah. there was another major thread in the in the. I, our folks were just mesmerized that you said you didn't take this to the committee. <laughs> you didn't take it to the church board. You didn't take it to no committee. There are some. I know somebody's ears perked up, and they wanted to know how you did that. What What was the reaction? What What What? Give some insight, because I know some pastors are listening, and they what, want to figure out how you made that transition. What trouble did you get into for doing yes. that? <laughs> what good trouble yeah, who, did you get into? How do you, how do you, you bypass the committee? <laughs> how do you bypass the committee? Are you talking to Pastor Humphreys? Because he's a very rebellious pastor, and I think that he might be the person <laughs> to answer this question. I'm not sure who you're talking to about let that. Me, let me tell you something <laughs> right now. The conference sent me to pastor this church. I am here to to lead the people, and there was a decision as JD mentioned earlier. I it wasn't, you know, I'm a pastor that says, "Hey, what do you all think?" But at the end of the day, this is what we are going to do. We're going to try this, and this is how it's going to go. And I'm I'm telling you right now, at the end of the day, the folk were on board with it. It was so new for everybody. It, we didn't really have time to meet and and come together and gather. Kagia called me and said, "You're doing a Zoom." I said, "Yes." And ever since then, we've been live. It just, you know, it's just one of those things where we just made the move. I, I think that, and this is for me, my case, and I know JD, you may have a different experience, but I think that the shift for my people, it was almost like I had to say, "Look, this is the way it's going to be. We have to move in this. We have to move in this direction right now." And I think the people, because I was able to have the tough conversation, and they understood, because you know, COVID is still serious. They knew we couldn't be in the building. They knew that they wanted to still see me. See, now you got to think about this. They see before they were seeing me every other week. They're seeing me every, every week. single week and sometimes multiple times when I do Bible study as well. Yeah. So two, three times a week. So I think now they understood, they understood from the jump. This is what's going to happen. And I think me walking them through it, because that's important, young preacher, walking your people through it. But I didn't leave it up to what, what, what do you think we should do here, here, here? Listen, folk, this is where we are. This is where God is leading us. Wow. We yeah. did have to I, sell I them though on, on the finances. We did. I mean, like if we, we kind of found out how much we'll need, we're going to need 12, 12, $1,300 a month to do all the programming we want to do. And 
And instead of bringing it out of my pocket, like, like how can we get the churches to help? And so I did have to meet with the churches and say, listen, we need uh, three to $400 a month commitment from you. We're not meeting in the church. We're saving this amount of money and we're going to need three to $400 to continue doing the program that we're doing. This is what we're going to present. And so that had to be so, but it wasn't a question of, can we do this? Will you let us do this? Can we vote whether we can do it? No, it was, we need um, this amount we of money this. of your support. <laughs> Yeah. Well, can I can I jump in there real quick? Because I think that when I look at the life of Jesus, he just did ministry. So if you want things to die, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Y'all said it. I think you covered you covered everything. Thank you very much, Pastor Humphreys, Pastor Scott. You told us that we need to involve everybody. And I think that's very important. Transformational leadership requires that you do engage the people. I'm not saying ignore your people. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is. Um, it wasn't hard to follow. Right, right. You also built. Hey, yeah. keep that comment. So, That's my wife right there. Love yeah. you, babe. That's Go right. Ahead. We built. We did that. build. We. Hey, let me just. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but talk listen. To that. Talk to your that. people trust you when you're faithful. Let me, this yeah. is this is for real. When you are faithful and the people know that you have a heart for God, it is not going to be hard to follow a James dog, a Kagia Scott, and and and, and humbly pass it It's because they've seen the work ethic, so they trusted you. So I think that if you were doing nothing before, and I'm talking to the pastor who's just doing a Zoom call and they're just calling in and you don't want to expand and you don't want to move your reach because you're afraid of what your people might say. Don't don't live in that fear. Step out. But it, it did make it easier. Shout out to my wife because we were able to build before. My bad, J.D., go ahead. I had to show my lady some love. Go ahead, Doc. No, I'm glad you showed you that because I think that's a very, very important point. And you are just so humble, Pastor Humphreys. Thank you for your humility. You're one of the meekest <laughs> men I know. So um, I, I will say this, though. And, and this is why, can, can we just, can we all talk about the elephant in the room? Let's just be honest. The reason why I think that person was so astounded that we said we did it without committee vote is because too many things have died in the committee. Too many things have died in trying to get everybody wow. to give you the thumbs up. My suggestion is, and I, I love what you guys said, invite, in, invite, encourage the people, try to get as many people involved as possible. But my suggestion is this, don't wait for everybody to say yes. And my suggestion also to you is this, that... <laughs> Be prepared for people to not want to do it or to not think mm -hmm. what you're doing is OK and be all right with going out there. And even if you fail, having the people point at you and say, see, I told you so. Listen, if you're about kingdom building, then my question is, like, what problem do you have with me trying to get the word of God out there and share the right. love of Jesus out there? Right. Um, what if, if you have a problem with that, then we have a whole nother conversation that we need to have. Um, but my suggestion is, if you want to get things done, then you invite and encourage folk. But boy, having a meeting about the meeting before the meeting takes place to determine no, no, when sir. you can meet, talk about the, the stuff in the meeting, to determine in the meeting how you're going to meet and then determine if you can do what you're going to talk about. In the, Listen, that is a too many people are, are over that. By the way, that's why a lot of folk are not as engaged in church um, as it relates mm -hmm. to ministry. And a lot of ministry is happening in a parachurch format where it's not coming and being birthed out of the board meeting. But folk are just doing stuff. And you know what? Yeah. We're like, yeah, hey, how can we support you? And the church kind of attaches to it. But y'all, I'm, I'm in this space where I'm telling people, go. I'm telling people, try. Like, don't don't sit here and try to get a yes from everybody because that's just not going to work. Build trust. Thank you, Pastor Humphreys. Build trust. Engage everybody. But doggone it, if you don't do something because people are saying that they don't think it's the right way to do it, well, good luck because you won't be doing much in life because most wow. people are not going to 
God didn't give it to them the way he gave it to you, That's maybe right. because he didn't call them to do it the way he's called you to do it. So if God gave it to you, then my suggestion is don't disrespect God by giving the calculator to people and letting them compute the worth of that idea that God gave you. Can no, you, that's not. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Can, can you imagine what would have taken place if God had had Moses pull all of the Hebrew Israelites together on, to vote whether or Come not on. they wanted to leave Egypt? Can you imagine that meeting? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Preach. People, people don't. People look. People who want to build the kingdom are not going to have a problem with your ideas. Um, it's the people who have other they priorities really are. that are going That's to try it. to stop and kill that stuff. And you can't let those people keep you from trying. You can't let those people keep you from attempting and stretching. Because here it is. If you're about building the kingdom of God, those who are on the same wavelength will go. And let me talk about why Austin Humphreys and Kagia Scott and Pastor Wade and Pastor Paul and Pastor Henry are such trailblazers. It's because leadership requires that watch this if you want to lead the orchestra you got to turn your back on the crowd and i'm i'm I suggesting know. this i'm suggesting this not that you not that you ignore people i'm not saying demean people and i'm not saying ignore their feelings and ignore their contributions no people have great contributions to be made but when you show up with nothing but pessimism and negativity thank you for your negative opinion now allow me to keep doing what god has called me to do and build this wall i'm not coming down i'm going to keep pushing mm. forward if you want to lead the orchestra, you've got to turn your back on the crowd. And too many people want the crowd to stand and give them an applause before they try something. That's true. And let me just throw it That's out true. there. You're not nice. getting the applause until it has been a success. And you're That's not right. going to get to yeah. the place where it is a success if you're not willing to yeah. go out there and just try it. That's so right. I don't know. He's I'm right. just pushing those people who are so kind of fearful. You mentioned it, Pastor Humphreys, kind of in that place of fear where you don't yeah. know if the people are going to, to rubber stamp it. Did God rubber stamp it? Okay, then go and do it. Now, if you need the funds of the church, you got to have the vote. You got to, of course, do what you got to do as it relates to organizational, you know, protocols and procedures. You got to have a plan. Right, 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 right. right. You got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. I'm not suggesting you don't have a plan. Have a plan, sure, involve sure. people, bounce stuff off people, get their ideas and contributions, but doggone it, do not let a board vote keep you from doing what God has called you to do. That's my suggestion. Lord, and I, I gotta say this for for for, for the older saints and I, for those who've been so patient with all of us, you 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 can't neglect to call and 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 I, one of the things I do do is, hey sister so and so, listen, thank you for listening. You've been listening because she doesn't have a, in you know high speed internet. One of my church, one of my areas, there's no high speed internet, so she listens most of the time. So and she enjoys it. Thank you for listening. I know it's been difficult. You still have to. They respect you more when you say, look, pastor, we know that you're trying. With, this is the best that we can do right now, but we, we we love your effort. We love your vision. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for understanding. And I think that that goes a long way. We have, as Pastor Dog has said before, man, is that you you got to move on it. But I really love and appreciate the fact that, at least in, in our cases, especially me and G, that our members have accepted it because there's been a plan put on the table. We're not just asking for funds just because we want funds to do whatever. This is where it's going, and they're seeing the final product. The stuff looks good. So I, 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 I thank God that God has given us churches that are willing to pour into our ministries to help it go far. Absolutely. Can I say this, uh, Pastor Paul? I know you're about to jump in, but illustration and example, drive-in experience, right? You talked about doing a drive-in movie for the kids and things like that for the community. I love what you're suggesting, Pastor Humphreys, but we decided we're going to do a drive-in experience. 
A lot of people were kind of hesitant, but here's what happened. We got a bunch of support, a bunch of great commentary, a bunch of adulation, and even pouring in with extra funds and resources when we did it. And it was after we did it that they noticed, wait, this is a good idea. Um, and it wasn't after, until after the songs were being sung, the preaching was, was going out there, that we had people in the communities who would not come out of their house, but would listen to the preaching in their house, would listen to the singing in their house. Mm -hmm. And then after two Sabbaths, we had a, a handful of individuals from the community come to our church throughout the week and drop off a seed that they wanted to sow into the ministry. And one lady I went to visit just randomly around the corner from the church said, hey, pastor. Um, and she named the last five sermons that had been preached um, in the wow. five weeks prior to that conversation. And it wasn't until I was able to say, hey, family, can you believe that what we have been doing has been so impactful in the community that people we don't even know, folk who aren't even members of our church, are sowing seeds here and are also starting to invite their other friends in the community to come and worship with them at their house, not in our sanctuary, not in our parking lot, but in their home, uh, in their homes. And it's after we've, able, we've been able to share those testimonies that people start to get excited. My suggestion to you is this. Don't wait on everybody to get excited to try stuff. It will happen, man. When they see that it's about if your priority is the kingdom, if you have sincere motives, I'm telling you, God will bless it, yeah. man. God will bless it. And the people will love it. And they'll trust you because you're not doing it for income. You're doing it for outcome. You're not doing it for your own. JD, um, yeah, go ahead. Jump, jump in. And JD, JD, like and you got to have you got to have 10 ideas, not one. Like if you got one idea and it doesn't work, that's right. You're done. You got to have ten ideas and maybe eight of them work. Yeah, you good. Yeah. You can't just have that's one idea. Word. That's, that's a good. Word, man. That's good, G. And that's, that's why good, collaboration G. works so good because you get so many different ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Let me jump in here, and I, and I like the point that your your wife made, Sister Humphrey. If they trust you, they're gonna follow you, right? If they trust you, they're going to follow you. And so even though you may have some naysayers out there, you got some folk in that church that will trust their pastor. They're going to trust the leadership. And those folk, is going to, they're just going to bring you on through. So I, I like what, what's being said here. And another thing I want to say, and I want to just add this question, um, you know, the teamwork always outperforms the individual. I don't care how big of yeah. the church you are. I'm a team will always out. Michael Jordan didn't win a ring until Scottie Pippen came on board. I just want to put that there, right? Say that. player. Say that. So, so, so the team always outperforms the individual. But let me ask you this. So we have collaborative ministry now. I mean, we're collaborating. We're doing uh, the virtual space. Hey, listen, there's some people who still want to see each other, right? Uh, let's just be honest. I mean, I know we, you know, there's some people that want to see each other. They love the outdoor church, right? And they, they, they want to get, I mean, let's just be honest. And, and they want to get to the point. We got some, I got some saints in my church. They want to get to the point where they could see each other on a consistent basis outside of the virtual space. Where do we see this virtual space go? Because it's here to stay. How are we going to mix or merge these two ministries together? The, the in-person that's coming and the virtual space. Because there's a great success happening with the virtual space right now. There are some people, let me just say this. I have some people who are saying, you know what? Even when we're able to get back into an in-person situation, I'm not going. They said, I'm right. not going. I like what's happening now. I right. like being able to look at church from my living room. 
in my pajamas. I love it. I love it. That's what I want to do. So what are we going to do? How are we going to merge this together? Or, or should there even be a merge together? Emerging together? My, I'm just going to throw this out there. Y'all can give details and suggestions and all that. We are not going back to how things were before the pandemic. No, it is not happening. Right. It's that's not right. happening. Even if you wanted to, like you just mentioned, Dr. Henry, people are, we, we, we have some folk who are like, yo, open up the doors, pastor. Everyone's coming. We miss each other. Okay. I'm going to open up these doors and not even 50% of y'all are going to show up because COVID is real and people care about living a little bit more than they care about seeing you. And suffice it to say, things are not going back to the way they were. So I think your question is very relevant. How then can, can we shift and try to create something that is, that is new and fresh and that will still engage the people, especially now that you have a, a virtual platform? I'm going to let Pastor Humphreys and Pastor Scott kind of speak to the specifics yeah. about it. But I can say yeah. this without Look, a shadow of a doubt. We ain't going back. All right. So here we go. Now, I, how many people did you have percentage wise coming to prayer meeting? All right. Yeah. On a weekly basis. Like, cause, <laughs> cause, cause, <laughs> all right. So 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 maybe we'll go. We go back to church on Sabbath. But on Wednesday, yeah. when when I was getting seven people to come out. Like, you know, yeah. and, and, and if it was night. 15 people there, we were like, oh, it's 50. Oh, we, we cooking tonight. No, no. So we ain't, you know, so we understand that like some things are definitely better online. Like if you've been working all day, you'd rather go online than go to the church and get dressed. Because some of them, you know, you can't come in your jeans. They got to put on their dress clothes. They got to go home, change. You know, yeah. So that's not happening. Wednesday, we know we're going to have to keep doing online. Like we're going to have to keep yeah. collaborating. I, I can't Wednesday. see going back to premium in the physical space. It's just it's too online. Yeah. is just too good now. Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Even Sabbath school has been much better doing a collaboratively oh, Sabbath school man. time for us, man. Yeah. I have way more people on the line, man, in Sabbath school than we ever had in person on a weekly basis. So we're going to have to rethink a lot of these things. I do think. Oh, go ahead, Pastor Humphreys. Jump in. No, I just I want to, to your point, because I know because I, I want to just how J.D. showed us that we could do a revival online live. Mm. Someone is going to do something that's going to. Flip a switch and all of our brains say, you know what? They, they're on to something. So right. right now, I think the beauty of just saying we don't know yet, but when we see it, we're going to be we, we know that we're going to be able to perfect it and figure it out. I think that we didn't know we could do a revival online before and J.D. broke the glass ceiling. We didn't know that we could bring four churches together, two pastors with two different visions at first and have a consistent viewership for Wednesday and Saturday. We didn't know that we could do all of these different things now that we do because we've seen someone do it. So I just think to answer your question, Dr. Henry, and I think it's a great question that all of us are trying to figure out until some, until one of us, we see how it can be done and see some version of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're going to begin mm -hmm. to see. I think now with, with, you know, states, I know North Carolina, we're going back to, you know, they're shutting down a lot of different things. We just don't know how long we're going to be here. But when that time does come, we need to be ready for when that, that great idea comes for us to kind of jump on it and tweak it and make it our own. Listen, yeah, I, Dr. I Henry, just, man. I just—I I was gonna say this, and I, I'll let you go. I just spoke to a pastor man um, in, in Nigeria. He said, "Man, they're already in the building." He's—he said, "Look, they're in the building right now. They enjoying themselves." And I was thinking to myself, I said, "You know what? I know we're gonna have to do something different. I know this virtual thing is here to stay." And this so we just got this. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Doc, the reality is, we have—we have membership. We have people that are coming consistently, that are from all over the country. Um, yeah. from outside of the country. Right. And so yeah. even like when we were threatening to go back, 
Like we were going to go back at my churches at two o'clock in the afternoon because we can't stop doing what we do at 11 because we have people coming. And so so whenever we go back, like we cannot deny that we have to provide for those who will not come. So we're going to have to go back in with a dual effort for something in person. But we're going to have to continue to provide for those who cannot come in person. Facts. Dr. Henry, the Adventist church was not ready for e-members. We just weren't. T.D. Jakes has e-members, thousands of people at one church. E-membership, we weren't ready for it. We just weren't. At the end of the day, we have to have, I had talked to my ministerial. We have a person who wants to get baptized from Denver that's been watching Now Worship. They want to be a member. And we have to have the discussion about membership because we have never talked about e-members before. So this is an exciting time, but it's also yes. letting us know, like, man, how far back were we? Because when you look at guys like Jake's and other big time preachers who are on TV, see them online, right. the switch for them was so much easier because they had an online viewership consistently for years. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're kind of, you know, we, 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 we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. So that's a big part. I like, this comment. I like this comment in the chat. And I think this kind of this kind of this kind of summarizes. I think the the purpose of of church of what we do uh, by Marlon Lamont it says I believe our churches are droplets of water into a lake. Our churches must have a ripple effect within our communities. We got to have an yeah. impact in the community. Yeah, we got to have an virtual, impact. I mean, and I think that what's happening now is just great. I think the church. I think COVID nineteen has elevated the reach of the church. It, it has elevated the reach of the church. It's allowing us to know that, listen, we don't have to be stuck within just the 15, 25 mile radius. Listen, our, our ministry is global. In fact, I think that's the gospel commission. Go eat to the world, right? We're going, we're going to the world, right? Listen, I, I, I know there's a lot of questions. I know Pastor Wade is looking at me. Nah, nah, <laughs> I gotta I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the music. I'm hearing the music. So you know what that listen, means. I'm be fast. <laughs> my, my wife has a workshop that she's about to do right now, mental health workshop. And I'll be honest with you, but if I'm not there, I don't know if I can go home. <laughs> <laughs> you better go, you know, you better go. I think I think we, we're coming to an end. I mean, this has been a rich conversation, a rich, rich conversation. I, I don't know, guys. We've been toying with the idea: should we go longer? But we, today, we're not going to do that. We're gonna we're gonna shut it down. But we just I just want to say thank you to these men of God who have shown the world that they can make church fun again. Come on now. Yes, they absolutely. Can make yeah, That's right. Again. That's Pastor right, Wade, right. can I ask them one more quick question? <laughs> third, third, just, just one, one little question. Um, and that is, what, what, what do you know now that you wish you would have known when you started doing what you're doing? 30 seconds. Is there, if there's one thing that you wish you had known when you started trying to do ministry in this time, in this context, what would that thing be? We want to leave that with our, with our folk today. What, if, what have you learned along the way that you wish you'd known at the beginning? That I don't mm. have to do this by myself. Mm. I, don't, I don't have to do it by myself. These are my brothers. I love them. And um, if we, I wish we could have created this culture of collaborative collaboration some way before this, but not doing ministry by myself is, is it, it, it talk about mental health. Thank God for this. I mean, just straight up, just thank God for it. And I wish that, that, that more of us would do it in the future, honestly. Yeah. G. And I'm not, listen, 
is I feel a niche. And um, there are a lot of people that can do some things that, that I don't do as well as they do. And just um, finding those people and putting those people in place, um, even in, in church, like I, I wear way too many hats. Like, and, and when we get back to the facility, man, I'm not wearing as many hats as I used to wear. Like some of them don't even fit me. Some of them cover my eyes. Some of them are like little beanies, like all the hats don't even fit. All right. So, so yeah, that's what I learned. Doc. All right. So, so I've, I've learned y'all, and this is something I'm still learning. And you kind of mentioned it, Pastor Humphreys. It's the idea that if Jesus, who was the greatest leader of all time, proved his leadership not by his presence but his absence um so mm. i know doing just going out there and doing things is is great but the power of collaboration especially engaging other people in the process is so invaluable because if everything relies on you and you got the keys and you got the passwords and you got the login so information and you got all that stuff yo if you leave guess what it dies with you and that is an indication of a bad leader jesus and his leadership grew when he left and he it grew yeah. when he left because he poured into disciples people who he did life with and and i would just suggest this y'all i know you have innovative ideas i learned this the hard way you will burn out trying to do this by yourself make sure that you got other folk with you which is why by the way i celebrate the pastor's round table because you have three yeah. individuals who are here Absolutely. sharing the weight here in this space here doing this together and pastor Humphreys and pastor Scott you all are illustrating that as well it's just so vitally important y'all because again I'll say this you know until I'm blue in the face at the end of the day life and legacy is about living beyond yourself um, and you can't yeah. you can't do that if you're the one who has everything and the only way it can happen is if you show up. That's no. That's actually an indication of bad leadership. If you leave and things die, but if you can leave and everybody else knows what to do, guess what? Praise God for that. Um, wow. I'm still trying to figure that thing out, man. But you'll burn out quickly, and everything you built will fall straight to the ground if it's all reliant upon you. This is awesome. This is so awesome. Thank you again so very much. Listen, audience, we're going to drop some links in on our page for the Now Worship, for the Academy podcast, for anything else that JD is doing. Look for that on the uh, Pastors Roundtable website as well. Um, that is the Pastors Roundtable. What, what's the address? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the what? The com. Is it .com.org? Something like that. We have a what? We have a what? On what the website. Have? It's new. It's brand new. It's I don't know if it's up Whoa. yet, but it's coming. We were supposed a to website. I think it is up. Yes. It so is up. you'll be we'll drop that link in the chat. Not in the chat, but on it's the dope. page as well, Facebook wow. page. Go ahead and if you have not subscribed to the Pastors Roundtable YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. Um like this video. Um we're we're looking share it. Share it today. You know you got some gems today that somebody else needs to see. If they weren't here today, share the video, let them come back and get all of this rich uh, information and inspiration. I think I'm seeing in the chat people saying how, how inspired they were, ready to go, fired up. Thank you again so much for, to our guest today. We are excited that you showed up today to help us here at the Pastors Roundtable help keep ministry relevant, resourced, and real. Take care, everybody. <laughs> That's so classy.